We are now recording, and this is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, and Abe is unfortunately a bit too busy at work right now, but Out Now is a film podcast where Abe and I don't discuss new movies weekly. We also have these special bonus episodes, whether it's one of our fun commentary tracks, some thoughts on news of the day, or something completely different. This is uh, another bonus that we're doing here. It's uh, in the We're in the award season, many would say, and that means that there's a lot of movies out right now, and certainly in, by the end of the year, things expand or what have you, and we like to get a little bit more attention on some of the films that we we don't want to just kind of brush off in the out now quickie stamp section so yeah we're going to talk the iron claw uh this week and uh joining me to discuss the iron claw we have from reviews from a bed he's ready to rumble it's philip price hey aaron thank you for having me yeah i know back to the the reviews from a bed uh it's been weird getting back to, <laughs> to try to put stuff on there i was like oh man i started that out of college and it was you know just something to keep me writing more routinely and uh it kind of defaulted back to that as a place to post uh, reviews other than letterbox so it was just like oh man but that's what no thank you for saying that thank you for the plug <laughs> it needs it these days well for sure happy to I, I still i still consider it a temporary hiatus from whenever the <laughs> The, the actual review show uh, gets back on the air. That's what I like to think of it as. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, you know, I don't know. Temporary could be a loose definition for, uh, I don't know how long a period of time. But, you know, you never know. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Well, I, I suggest guerrilla TikTok filmmaking. Get the intros <laughs> in. Get the, get the intros going. And like, <laughs> as you're, as you're like... As the, the credits are rolling, you bust, bust out the camera. <laughs> get in some minutes get to the parking lot running right away. <laughs> i don't don't think i haven't entertained the idea yeah and, and then i sit back and i'm like am i i'm too old for this i think i'm, I'm too old for this now, officially but yeah. regardless good to have you here good to hear from you it's been a not too long since you last been on the show but certainly you know it's always nice to get you on when we can here yeah no and, absolutely uh, thanks again for having me for sure and, and i'm looking forward to discussing this movie with you so let's get to it let's get to our review for the Iron Claw. Ever since I was a child, people said my family was cursed. Mom tried to protect us with God. Pop tried to protect us with wrestling. He said if we were the toughest, the strongest, nothing had ever hurt us. I believed him. We all did. Morning. Pants tomorrow, please, David. Harry. I want you to join your brothers in the ring. Yes, sir. I love that. Woo! Now, we all know Carrie's my favorite, then Kev, then David, then Mike. But the rankings can always change. What do you want in life? Kevin Von Eric. More ribs? <laughs> I want to be with my family. You know, be with my brothers. That should have been some of the trailer for The Iron Claw. Director Sean Durkin of Martha Marcy May Marlene fame was a fan of professional wrestling during his youth and has long desired to develop a film based around the Von Erich family, the most famous wrestling family out of Texas. His research began in 2015, and while developing a screenplay meant making some key changes to the Von Erich story that included removing one of the brothers entirely, we now have The Iron Claw, a film focused on the inseparable Von Erich brothers who succeeded and suffered during the early 80s thanks to their participation in professional wrestling under the shadow of their domineering father and coach, Fritz Von Erich. Philip. I want to know how familiar were you with the Von Erich family story leading into this film? And then what'd you think of it? Yeah. The, um, so I was kind of, I was a big fan of like wrestling in, so we're roughly around the same age. And so yeah. you probably, 
uh, you know, early '90s stuff when Hulk Hogan was really big, Ric mm-hmm. Flair was huge. Those guys, you know, Ultimate Warrior was one of my faves, and so I liked that. Uh, you know, I I enjoyed that. I never got back into it because it kind of like, it, you know, it sunk in popularity a little bit and then came back in the late '90s with like Stone Cold and Steve Austin or and uh, Sting and all those guys, and I never really got back into it as much then but i always have like fond memories of those early like wcw wwf days uh, and the rivalry there and everything but didn't know a lot about kind of the regional stuff um but i I always remembered my dad would say uh you know after he get off he used to work at the waffle house and his like story was after i get off at waffle house on saturdays i'd go over to a friend's house and we would be ready to watch and it was always a treat when the von erics would come on hmm. and uh so like he loved it Lo- you know was prime for that time period and everything so i had heard of them but wasn't overly familiar with um you know kind of the tragedy of the story and everything um so prior to and i, you know, I had some friends and i who were familiar with everything that happened i was like should i go in cold or should i know like some of the the touch points and everything and um you know, it was kind of like well, up to you, but I did go ahead and watch the um, uh, it was kind of the dark side of the ring episode about the Von Erics, just so I had some kind of idea of what we were huh. getting into. And I don't know if that was smart or not, because um, kind of the what I going into this, I was very anxious that it would feel rushed and that they would try to overstuff it with with too much and none of it would be given like none of the like tragedies would be given the kind of their due i guess um but you know and we can talk about how we felt about the movie um more obviously but uh but that's kind of where i went into the movie with what about you um good way to start actually as far as that uh, i I I think I feel like I'm similar to you as far as my my fandom for wrestling, you know, ended fairly early during my childhood. But like I mm-hmm. I had like a I had it. I remember this specifically. I had a Hulk Hogan um, like stuffed plush thing so you can like wrestle with it basically because it's like the same yeah. size as a child. Uh-huh. Um, so the I, wrestling I had, buddies. Yeah, yeah, I remember those. OK, yeah, the right. Yeah. So I, I had one of those and like I was, you know, aware enough during that like early period. But then like things pivoted to like. Well, now there's an X-Men cartoon and Spider-Man cartoon. So it's like exactly, my, my yeah. mind went there, <laughs> but, but like, and yeah, I didn't get back into wrestling. And if anything, my, my fandom pivoted more towards the other form of wrestling, which is giant Kaiju fighting each other. So Godzilla, um, but, sure. but yeah, so wrestling's never been like a passion of mine um, since I was, you know, much younger. And even then passions putting it, but he's more like, Hey, that's a thing I'm familiar with. And, you know, like seeing right. Hulk Hogan <laughs> and stuff on TV or what have you. I will say um, my dad wasn't like a big wrestling guy, but he, he knew enough. But my cousins on his side, who are about 10 years older than I am, they were big wrestling fans. And they're they're in they're from Texas also. So they're very aware of the Von Eric family. Oh. And it, I'll get to this. Here's here. This here's the kicker. Um, one of my cousins um, actually had Carrie Von Eric attend his bar mitzvah. That's that's how far it goes with them. Whoa. Like some somehow that was able to happen where my aunt I guess my aunt and uncle somehow got Carrie Von Eric to come to his bar mitzvah, which is wild <laughs> to me to think about now that I've seen this movie and like know about this stuff more. Yeah, um, that's insane. Yeah. So I have no other details beyond that. I haven't talked to them about it as of yet. So, you know, stay <laughs> tuned if I find out more. But um, oh. I'm, I'm very I'm certainly very curious about this now. 
Um, but as far as like the Von Erich family, my familiarity there, I had none. Uh, I might have heard the names a long time ago, but it wasn't certainly not something where I'm like, I know this story by any means. And I, too, was concerned with what I needed to know going in, if anything. But my main thought was, well, based on the tr- based on the first 30 seconds of this trailer alone, I'm like, whatever's going on in this I'm already convinced I'm going to see it because I like Sean Durkin as a director and I yeah. I'm appreciating Zach Efron turning his body into like square jawed this guy. Um, and, you know, the, the stuff around that was like, OK, cool. I'm not going to watch the rest of this trailer because I don't want to know what we're even leaning towards as far as what's going to happen here. So All I right. went in, I went in completely blind. I did not know. I feel like it's kind of obvious that something terrible probably happens to this family. Um I'm not trying to laugh at that, but it is like the way it's presented. It's like clearly like something's going to go wrong here. So I, yeah. I, so I just avoided even getting close to any of that at that point. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, so, so, so I went in very blind to wherever things would be going with that. Um, so that, that's where I am with the, with the Von Eriks. And uh, so, so now I feel what, what did you think of the movie? Yeah. Well, uh, I, I just kind of love like the, uh, I guess it would be important to state uh, that I live in Arkansas. And so, you know, very close to Texas, visited Texas several times, have family in Texas as well and everything. So it's just like very familiar with that kind of the the aura of this film, the atmosphere of it and just kind of what it presents. Um, and then, of course, everybody's nostalgic for the 80s right now and everything. And so this is what late 70s, early 80s and everything. So it's just kind of like that whole setting that backdrop. And again, Durkin's just like I loved Martha Marcy May Marlene like big fan as well yeah it was in my top 10 that the year that came out which I, like a while ago right like 11 or the something. 2011 yeah yeah and uh I really like the nest also from a couple I, of years ago yeah I did too I'm just upset like he hasn't you know yeah he doesn't done much <laughs> right and uh so I was ex- I was excited like to have this material paired with him for sure and he does atmosphere so well so mm-hmm. um I was was really excited about it and uh so yeah so going in it was the pacing that was I was a little worried about and you kind of feel that like initially um you know you one of those like screenwriting rules you always hear about is like don't have characters like say each other's names so frequently and everything uh because you you just kind of feels a little but you have to in this and you and I could like see the seams of it a little bit in the beginning but then I kind of like it was one of those things where I was kind of seeing how it was built and how they were going to kind of structure it and everything. But then I did ultimately get so wrapped up in the drama of it and, uh, and what was happening. Um, And I thought they really actually fleshed out the characters a lot more than I expected, given, you know, the, the runtime they were going to be working with. And so I got so sucked into it. I kind of led all that, like the, you know, the, the, um, the exterior stuff about, you know, how they're accomplishing telling the story go and just like let the story take me and i was uh i, I was just i don't know i was really I, I like i like every like facet of it and i was just kind of blown away by the final product or yeah by the final product but like by the time we got to the end and everything like you know i, I felt like i'd held pretty strong as far as the emotions went but like and i know people have talked about it a lot but i mean that final scene like got me and I was like yeah this did exactly what it wanted to do and it did it really well and again I can't wait to see what Sean Durkin does next especially since he wrote and directed this and it was just kind of like um 
you know, but again, there's so many aspects to it that we can talk about, but like overall, um, I was just really pleased by how well this was able to pull off what was a complicated task going into it. I, uh, I largely agree with you. I, I do think the film's quite the accomplishment, especially from an acting perspective. There are a lot of uh, things to appreciate about this. The, the one thing I, I, I feel like it's important to point out to begin with is the the fact that this is this is a screenplay written by Sean Durkin, someone that is merely you know right. a fan of this, but no in no way is connected to the family or what have you. And obviously, when it comes to something like that, you know that means that there's going to be dramatic license taken. And so right. I've been certainly interested in like how this maps to the Von Erich story. And I've you know I've I've read and seen things that certain certainly dispute aspects of it in terms of like how the father's portrayed or why certain characters do certain things they do let alone the fact there's a brother that we don't even see at all here and it's right i feel like if that's the important thing to distinguish as far as this is a movie and not a documentary um does that make it fair to do certain things certain ways that's up to the viewer to decide honestly when it comes to my opinion on something like that um, and, and the fact that I have a distance that both of us have a distance from the Von Erics as far as how familiar we were with them. I think that, that, that can apply to how much we can appreciate a cinematic version of this story versus what the act, you know, the actuality is. Although that's yeah. a, there's an, and there's another debate there, I suppose, as far as when that kind of thing comes into play, but that's not for us to really get into right now, or not this second, as far as the movie goes, like I said, I agree with so much of what you said. And I, I think going into it, knowing that it's a Sean Durkin movie, little an A24 production, I certainly wasn't too concerned about like formality. Uh, like I didn't think it was going to like go off the rails as far as being a, an experimental approach to a sports drama or what have you. But I did like recognize that as a, even if it goes over like a, a fairly linear route to get where it needs to be going, I I I was I was anticipating you know a well made movie as far as how to tell this story how to and how to bring something like atmosphere like you mentioned around it how to do things that would convey a certain sense of place and time that doesn't feel right. like the kind of stock version of a biopic that you get and I mean that worked I mean it's a very it's a it's a it's a good looking movie as far as how it's shot it's very a lot of soft uh, use of soft lenses it feels like lots of kind of it, it's not precisely evoking like 80s type filmmaking or 70s type filmmaking but it's certainly like it feels indebted to that era as far as how it's trying to present things um while Durkin still does his, you know his own thing with the camera and what have you um and that's you know that's all well and good um it leads to just not just you know solid ways to design a film like this but yeah it really is these performances that um do the work here like Zac Efron who I generally find fine. Like, I think he's effective <laughs> in some things. I mean, but like, I'm, <clears throat> I, the, the best I, before this, the best I've seen him in is something like Neighbors, where I think it really capitalized on what he's good at, where he can, right. he plays well with the dialogue there with Rogan and whatnot, as well as, you know, showcases the kind of figure that he has, because he's, you know, a person who, you know, tends to shine based on his body. Like that's very right. much a part of his persona. And this is a film that does the best kind of thing I can do with an actor like that, where it takes that aspect and kind of tilts it a bit and gives him a chance to shine. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I can think similar to something like Adam Sandler, not for his body, obviously, but for like something like Punch Drunk Love or even um, Uncut Gems to a lesser extent. Like it's not that he's doing something wildly different than what he's normally doing. It's just tilting 
the context of it a bit and therefore you get that guy doing a thing he's good at but in a new realm where it really makes a difference and that's why i think the iron claw is like you have you have him playing this kind of all-american good old guy who's you know he's well he's he's well-natured he's he's yeah he has a good head on his shoulders but he's kind of stuck in this position underneath his father and competing with brothers while also being in prime shape and wanting to, you know, move forward with his life and what have you. And I, I, there's a lot there that Efron's able to work with. That's really effective. We can talk more about the other performances as well, but like, yeah, this whole cast, I think does a really, like you mentioned, I think that the characters, the, the, the people they're portraying, they, they, they feel like people, they feel like people that, that would exist and have to go through certain things. Like it didn't feel, um, phony in any way. I I I I felt for what was taking place and the dramas that occurs or whatnot and throughout the as the story carries on. So um, yeah, no, I was I, I I really enjoyed this film as far as the you know I I was uh, I was taken by the movie. I think it does a good job of telling what this story is. And yeah, by the end of it, it does you know given you know it's a little over two hours. I do think it you uh you can feel pretty uh pretty moved by where things are based on the journey you went on with it so uh right right it's a, it's a strong film for sure uh, yeah i you know and just to the the point about the filmmaking too like i was that was that was one thing i was kind of looking for too like how was durkin gonna kind of um you know kind of implement his style on this and everything um because the nest was kind of a, uh, a it was an it was in the 80s too wasn't it yeah so yeah it was a period thing yeah yeah and so i was like okay we might see you know a little bit of a similar approach there and everything and yeah he he does do the thing especially in certain shots where um you know he utilizes like what a not just the time period as the setting but like for the filmmaking of that time period and kind of uh like there's one when carrie's walking home which is jeremy allen white um and it just like the framing of it like looks like something straight out of the 70s and stuff so i did i did love that and there are like just i mean just some of the visual storytelling like one i mean this movie for me contains one of like the more heartbreaking shots of the year not because it's like a fantastic shot or anything just because of the the visual storytelling that it is doing and that's just um you know after you know I, i'm sure i don't know what the i don't want to go too far into here, spoilers, but, but, yeah. okay but yeah like there's it, it's just a shot of an article of clothing that it cuts to right after a certain event has happened and it's just like that's i just thought it was so just well thought out and everything and just mm-hmm. a smart way of communicating stuff and um so i really like that but yeah i mean obviously the i mean wrestling is all about performances and and putting on a show and everything and so you have to have these kind of larger than life uh, characters like uh or people portray these larger than life characters and yeah this is just very well suited for what efron is good at and uh, and i feel the same way like you know again he's kind of i think very close to our age and so we've kind of seen him grow up and kind of been able to like see where he you know understand where he's at in his life and his journey uh you know kind of with where you know understand his mindset just from an age perspective not necessarily because we have the same experiences obviously um but that i always find that interesting and uh um yeah like neighbors was a great like kind of way to play on his you know uh teeny bopper persona that came out of you know that had him coming out of high school musical and stuff and uh and kind of reverse that and this is just you know know, yeah like you said he's always been athletic always been um in shape always kind of had like this uh just like 
look to him that felt like iconic and classic at the same time. And so that fits really well into this world. Um, and then, you know, I don't know if you want to, which performances you wanted to talk about further, but, uh, but just to, and, just to, just to go off the Zach Efron thing a bit, like I, cause he's certainly, he's tried to play other in other parts, like other dramatic roles. Yeah. And like, I, I wouldn't say he's necessarily ever been like terrible in roles, but it does, I I do feel like I can see the work more in other in other roles. Like I don't think he's been given the, or at least regard whether it's you know just ability, talent, you know, um, uh, direction or what have you. Like seeing his some of these other attempts to you know play in these like he's Ted Bundy, right? There was that Ted Bundy right. movie he was in, mm-hmm. or like the greatest show. Greatest Showman still leans on his strengths. That's not necessarily a good example, but like there's other movies where it certainly tried to challenge that he felt like he was trying to challenge himself, and you know, good on him for doing so. But it, it did. It does feel like I could I could see the gears in his head turning as far as how to make something like that work. Where this, it feels fairly natural. I did, it didn't like. Yeah, I, I would say like I I didn't see Zac Efron anymore. I only saw Kevin Von Eric, but I did see like a person <laughs> delivering a good performance, which is what right. I think matters here. Um, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, I I just thought it was no. I just agree with yeah exactly what you said because it, it it wasn't like a a case of you know. Uh, like what you said, like him like disappearing into the role or yeah, yeah, no, it did. It felt like he cared about what he was doing mm-hmm. and felt it was important. And you like, you just, you see the effort in a good way, but you, it also is, it's just kind of an effortless thing too. Cause it's just so inherent to um, what he's able to, to, um, to present. Um, but yeah. And, and I mean, and like, I hadn't seen, like, I haven't watched all of the bear, Uh, I've seen bits of Shameless and stuff. So I I wasn't like, you know, fully up on what Jeremy Allen White was able to do. Obviously I've seen Harris Dickinson in a couple of things over the past couple of years. And I had not seen the youngest brother. uh, I'm probably going to mess up his name. Uh, Stanley Simons. Stanley Simons. Yeah. I hadn't really seen him in anything, but uh, I thought, you know, again, with the, with the movie structure, the two hour, two hour, 10 minute time frame they're working with, you know, I, it's probably easy to say like, the brothers were kind of one dimensional because they each kind of had their, their angle that they brought to the story and everything. But I just, I just appreciated that it was, that there was more there than I anticipated in the first place. And it wasn't just kind of, it, it, they were, they were individuals more than they were just kind of a collage of people going after the same thing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, there's, certainly, so, there's, there's types there for sure. As far as you can establish which brother kind of fits a certain, you know, for a certain zone, but I still think there's mm-hmm. complexity it, it at least Kevin and Carrie who are the, you know, the most, they they add the most to the story, I would say, as far as the brothers go. Like, I mean, Harris Dickinson, I think is quite good, but yeah, he's he, like the. There's only so much to do with establishing what kind of person he is and what his insights are, or what have you. Same with the the other younger brother. So I, I wouldn't yeah, necessarily. I, I don't. I don't think you're saying this, but I wouldn't. I wouldn't necessarily call them like shallow characters. Just more of like they're they're less essential to what the script is asking of these brothers. Right. Um, right. And, yeah. And just to spotlight some of them more, like Jeremy Allen White, I'm curious what you think of him in here because I I think he's effective. But here's my thing: from what I've get from what the movies communicated to me about Carrie and what I just generally know about Carrie at this point, he was like a rock star. And I I while I think White is effective, like playing the dramatic part of this role as a guy who was going to go to the Olympics and then that got canceled. And now he's in this kind of wayward place of what to do and gets into the wrestling thing like that aspect i think comes out well from like an emotional standpoint but as far as like why he would be so popular like 
he's a smaller guy compared to the other brothers. Like it, it I, I'm not sure if it quite like if the movie quite was able to to really nail that aspect of him. You know that it's funny because it's like that's the one that was the one like point uh, in the movie, not necessarily in the movie, but the character of Carrie was kind of the uh-huh. one I had the most trouble with for sure because it did feel like I, I almost knew David and Mike a little more, or at least understood their ambitions and intentions a little more with less screen time than I did understand like what Carrie was like going for or what he wanted because like yeah in real life he's you know he was this giant guy and 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 in the movie it's you know it is Jeremy Allen White who's shorter and you know we get it it does kind of gloss over him going to the WCW and everything it's like oh Uh wait what okay um and you know there there's that there's that uh, contention between him and Kevin because he's, he kind of comes back from the Olympics and everything and is, is, is trying almost to surpass Kevin at every turn and, and, and uh, you know, get up in the rankings as, as uh, you know, for their, their uh, father know, establishes, yes, as their father establishes. Yeah. So um, it was, yeah, it was really like, cause I, I, for having the second most screen time for kind of being the second lead of the film, um, I felt like he was maybe the least developed character. And I, I don't know if that's the script or if there was like, it almost feels like there was a miscommunication or like there was something unclear between the script and Jeremy Allen White's like portrayal of him or something. Um, but it definitely felt like there was something slightly off there and, and I couldn't put my finger on it, but it, yeah, no, I, I definitely understand what you're saying. Even if I can't like, nail down exactly what it is that felt a little off there i hear you and i because I, I don't think either of us think he's bad in this by any means and no like, and, no and, and we both really like the movie and so it's like yeah it's a tricky area to like try to judge here because like he's i i would assume alan watt is doing what's being told of him he's a he's a good actor i have seen all of the bear he's a very good actor i, I have no right. no qualm with him as a performer right uh, so right, whether yeah. yeah so whether it's a direction thing or just like the way the strip the story structured to be you know kevin is such an anchor of the film so it's like how do you balance these other people and yes by having right i guess having a character that has you know a lot more screen time compared to the other brothers that means like having to find more places for him and yes it does because he because he he because of like the the way it focuses on him as being this not runty but he's like he is like he's like smaller and more but like more competitive so it's like i don't know what the adjective is to describe that but like there's so <laughs> there's an aspect there that uh i think is a trickier thing to to, to try to pull off and i'm not sure the movie ever quite really nails it which is what you're saying as well but like but no, yeah certainly like He's doing white is doing the work, but yeah, I, I just yeah, it's a it's an interesting area to kind of look at compared to some of the other stuff. No, yeah, I, I really liked uh, you know there are certain sequences uh, you know within the film, and you can tell just white as a performer like is yeah. fully in on it as well. Like the camaraderie between all of them really mm-hmm. is is really good and really natural, and um, you can tell they they got along, you know. Um, outside of shooting as well or whatever um so no, I, I really liked all of that and i just i just wish i kind of um I, you know i i just had it and i can't even i can't it's it's so hard to because like there were scenes you know, I'm, I'm mumbling or i'm stumbling it's all right but, but like there were scenes where you know 
because he kind of has like a, a two-step process to, toward his like tragedy. Yeah. Uh, and it was just like, I felt like we never really got to dig in as much as maybe we should have. Um, and, you know, I'm kind of countering what I said earlier about them being fleshed out, but his was the one I wished got a little more of it, be, you know, um, you know, maybe scrapping something else for the sake of a little more there. Cause like the end of his arc um, I, you know, you understand where he's at and every, and why he's there. Um, but I didn't necessarily feel that amount of like just grief and confusion and, you know, uh, sense of loss um, or sense of like abandonment, I guess maybe that, that he was feeling to push him to the point that he got to. And so um, I don't know. It, it is, it's a weird, it's, it's something you just kind of have to find uh, because you can't necessarily like, you know, have a certain scene that, that executes it and claim and plainly states it for you. And you kind of probably have to find it in the edit and, and in the, in putting together montages and stuff, but, and, and you know there are several of those that do that kind of work but it just felt like maybe one or two of those moments was missing to kind of really make that whole arc of carrie feel as as earned as as kevin's is I, i've mentioned a couple times now that one of the brothers in real life wasn't even portrayed in this movie right. um and that that the, that amounted to as derek has stated that it it was already tough to you know make a condensed screenplay featuring the you know the, the the brothers that we do see so having another one in there would just kind of prolong the film in a way that he wasn't comfortable with so that's you know why we're just and it which again emphasizes the fact that this is merely based on a true story and not like you know this is the true story this is you know it's a film um, yeah but, but and i think that speaks to what you're saying as far as like there's just only so much time to kind of do certain things with certain characters maybe there's deleted scenes or whatnot to add more to it but the, yeah I, but there's also still like this quality of what they're going for of carrie that doesn't quite register even though i really like the movie right i know yeah no i still like i put it in my top five of the year like i love the yeah, experience yeah, overall so. Mm -hmm. so it's and it's a double-edged sword because it's like you know one of those things where it's like you, you make a two-hour movie out of it you do what you can and you you like durkin has done like he i understand why he did what he did in terms of um you know cutting chris von eric out because and, you know and maybe that is easier for me to say because i don't have as close a relationship with the with the story as as others who might have a more of an issue with it but like i you know it would just be repetitive at a certain point but then you know and people are like well this, there's so much going on here that you could create a, a mini series out of it fine i'd love i'd love to watch that mini series but then you get complaints about you know how much tragedy is too much tragedy and it's just like overbearing at some point so i it's it's a fine line to walk and there's going to be you know you know pros and cons to each but like I, I understand why he made the decisions he did here and if you know one aspect maybe didn't land as well as it could you know there are 10 other ones that like i loved how he executed it so well, i'm definitely not complaining so yeah uh no i really like the movie overall so let's uh, let's talk about uh holt mccallany as fritz von eric father oh man now the movie obviously positions him as being this domineering character the, the, the you know themes around toxic masculinity are, are very clear um in in the way it's uh portrayed here and how he instills a certain level of uh <sighs> competitiveness within his sons or what have you uh now I will say again that there has been disputes about the nature of the actual Fritz versus this movie's portrayal. But as far as the movie goes, um, I do think 
McCallity, who I think is a solid character actor, he is he's pretty great in this movie. I think yeah. honestly, um, there is a lot of while he has he has plenty of dialogue to express exactly what he feels about things and what he how he feels about his sons and what have you. There's a lot of moments where you just see him thinking or just see him quietly contemplating things or observing what's going on that I I think are equally effective as well. I I always find you know watching somebody think on film to be one of the best things an actor can do if they pull it off really well. And I think this movie has a lot of chances to give him to, to kind of for a character that we're not supposed to really like, I think it does a good job of like giving us a lot of what, you know, the, the humanity of who he is. Uh, yeah. You, you don't want to like him, but it, you're kind of like also at the same time, appreciate that. He's just kind of shoots you straight. Like tells him how it is. Like when he does the announcement in the ring or whatever, then you can hear, you know, the boys, he hears the boys talking behind him and he just, turns around and you know it's like is there a problem here or whatever mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> it's just, <laughs> it was just like okay you know just it doesn't let any of it like become this you know i mean obviously it does to a certain point but uh he tries not to let stuff go where it just will bubble up underneath each of these you know each of them or, or cause any kind of like ill will towards uh one another in between the brothers he just kind of like says this is what it has to be for this for the wrestling aspect especially but um uh, you know the real flaw obviously uh, or kind of what the movie states is that he just lets that lets the wrestling kind of overtake um you know being a manager being a promoter lets that overtake the role of being a father and uh but no i i really liked his performance him i was uh, another thing was like um kind of like i was saying is i could kind of see how you know the gears were turning in the in the beginning of the movie before it, i let it just take me was um i was worried that him both him and lily james honestly were going to kind of just be tools for durkin to use to kind uh-huh. of uh you know either state things that audience was, would need to know about the wrestling world or about how things were going to work or kind of state the themes in terms of Fritz or in, in regards to Fritz uh, specifically. But, um, but yeah, no, uh, both of them kind of were able to transcend those, you know, their functions essentially and, and really make me care about the people they were portraying and everything. And, um, and to an extent, same with more tyranny and the mom, like I expected her to be kind of a throwaway, uh you know really nothing of a presence just there because you know there was a mom um but -hmm. with so many of the the brother characters and the dad being the focal point of the story i didn't expect durkin to give as much uh substance to to tyranny's character and um shoot outside of kevin she maybe made me like the most emotional and so uh it's a very haunted performance that's what i kept thinking of it as as you yes yeah it was how much of a how much of a purposeful lack of a presence she brings as far as where mm-hmm. she is stationed in this family as the matriarch like even though she gets she gets her respect i mean from the others but right. like there's you know there's she's the quiet voice compared to the louder voices around her and yet right. you feel what she's going through every time they kind of present her with a new scenario to have to deal with yeah yeah no she yeah, but the character definitely kind of follows Fritz's lead and everything and and conducts the family as, as he would see fit and everything, uh, which is kind of, you know, why the payoff at the end for her character is so nice and everything. But um, but yeah, just how she 
is 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 kind of cold and definitely internalizes a lot of stuff um purposefully it just it makes it even harder to watch i guess because she is um unwilling to to kind of open up for so long but yeah i found that one really moving uh and and i guess maybe it was just because it was unexpected but um but yeah it really it really got to me um and and i don't know i i i was just i kind of knew uh mccanley would would kind of blow this role out of the water just because he seemed like Efron just so well suited to it. Yeah. Just like his, his tone of voice and uh, you know he's one of those character actors that you yeah like you said you you kind of recognize him as soon as he comes on screen and uh, you know people who watched Mindhunter probably love his presence anyways and are used to it but uh but yeah just he was so well suited for it that it was just kind of like it was a natural fit for him and so I really enjoyed uh I, I just how he did every every point of this, especially that he was able to uh, to kind of get past uh, being not necessarily our narrator, but you know, giving us a, a way into this world. So I really liked it. I will um, say I also something else I like about how it handles Fritz, as well as like the the, the von Erich's lifestyle in general. This is a Texas family; they are a conservative bunch. But I don't think the film is attempting to pass judgment on these aspects of their lives. It's certainly like presenting things as they are. But mm-hmm. I, if you were to call into question any kind of commentary Sean Durkin's making, I, I don't think it ascribes to, you know, what is necessarily the right or wrong way to do things based off of upbringing or what have you. I mean, in terms of outside of like emotional bonding or what have you, I, I, there's a, you know... Fritz is, you know, he he wants to have a traditional family, as do the rest of the, you know, Von Erichs, essentially. I mm-hmm. I feel like the film is, it, it's, it's, I can see this playing well to all audiences that want to see a drama about a family without being too concerned with whether or not it's going to uh, try to make any statements. Does that, does that make sense to you? Am I, does, that, does that sound right? Yeah, I didn't sense there was any like necessarily like an agenda there or anything, or even like um, like thematically trying to relate it to anything, you know, presently or anything that has, um, you know, might be uh, might be cause for for commentary that is is hot today or whatever, however you want to phrase it. But um, no, I just I it kind of yeah it lets its uh, it lets the story speak for itself in terms of uh, because it is it's mainly about the family dynamic of it all and how what is unhealthy what is what is not how things can be done you know it's not it's not like a how to or a not how not to like movie or anything like that but and it's not it's not juxtaposing like certain ideals or what have you with all lines of thinking like i, I it's either like that's a wrong thing to do necessarily or what have you it's just more of i there's a version of this movie that i think could easily try to angle more on you know the, how how their upbringing could uh, shape them in ways that could be perceived in certain certain lights or what have you and instead i think the movie wisely tries to make it more make it feel more universal um yeah. to, to, to play in a in a broader arena yeah because like you know like their political persuasions or anything like that honestly didn't even enter into like 
in my brain or like the equation at all while I was taking it in and, and even afterwards thinking about it a lot. And I have thought about it a lot and, uh, you know, listen to the score a lot and all that kind of stuff and listen to songs that they used in the soundtrack, which again, I, is a point we haven't talked about, but just, I thought really well done and yeah, good know, music in the songs. Yeah, a lot of them might, you know, could be considered a little so obvious. A little but, on, yeah, some a little on the nose, but maybe, but uh, the sound but then again, still appreciate. Yeah, exactly. Like the, I mean, the the whole Rush montage is like one of the more electrifying things. I, I was just like, yeah. that was the moment where I sat up and kind of repositioned myself. I was like, yes, this is. To be fair, you put Tom Sawyer of anything, I'm going to stood up and, and <laughs> if, if, exactly. If if, if, if uh, Godzilla v X Kong, if they come out of the the ground running at something and like they play Tom Sawyer on the side, like this is the fucking best movie I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to work for me. <laughs> well, now I'm now you set me up for this. Yeah, I've said yeah, I've, I've set too high the expectation for Godzilla X Kong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but um i mean yeah as far as <laughs> the other point the, the 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 closest i came to like seeing the film really grapple with something was just more something that i found to be interestingly personable as far as harry is going to go to the olympics that's his whole thing and now you have specifically oh, yeah. jimmy carter on the tv saying we're canceling the olympics for this that and other reasons for good reasons at the time but when you look at that you see it through the eyes of someone like fritz who you know wants his son to be a world record holder and now he's looking in the eyes of this democratic president saying you can't go to the olympics anymore that's interesting to me but again i think the film is not trying to do a lot with that it's just more giving you an understanding of this is what this person's perspective is right now on why his son's not gonna be a world record holder like that's it's playing with that a little but it's again it's not like overly compensating for something there it's just like it's presenting this is what this guy sees that's that's what's happening and i yeah that's the kind of thing where it's like yeah this movie could easily ride harder on something like that but it's choosing not to it's just giving you an idea of what the what the what's the uh the context of this family why are they in this position where they are yeah no that's that's true i hadn't even even when you said that i didn't think of that point but that um i did think of that in the moment like while it was while i was watching it like this is probably like the greater or the the good the right decision bigger picture but yeah certainly in the moment it's like you're even bummed for carrie because yeah, you know, it changes the shape of yeah. the family to some degree like what oh yeah know, what what there's a sliding door scenario here what could have been if carrie did go to the olympics like right right no yeah it was that that's true i hadn't really considered it past that but it definitely did kind of dawn on me like how that could um you know be divisive today and where, where you know where it would go and what comments might be made about it and everything so uh, uh you know it's, it's definitely an aspect i'd consider carter would be trending on on twitter and it wouldn't be right. good uh, <laughs> right uh we you could kind of briefly mention lily james but just to wrap up kind of the, the various actors we have in this film lily james is here he she plays um kevin's uh eventual wife but his, his you know his girlfriend through most much of the movie um and yeah, I agree with you as far as she's effective uh, without like having a whole ton to do. I think she like the points are made as far as the kind of the kind of woman she is. She would, you know, she wants to land a man. She wants to be in the family and she wants she's very direct about that. And I thought that's it's uh, it's well handled. Uh, it, it, she plays well with uh, with with Efron. Yeah, I mean, I've always like found her appealing, like, you know, whether it be 
what a cinderella movie baby driver uh even the mama mia sequel like uh, probably i don't know like she's always been appealing and uh is just uh, is just a, a strong presence to have and in like a minor role like this um and you know again like her directness could be misinterpreted as as kind of just um you know a way to get the get the story rolling quicker and everything but you know for all i know she was actually like that or whatever and that's and and uh, it matched well with kevin's kind of persona of being you know more humble a little more quiet and uh but since kevin's the most involved since kevin's the most involved in the production of this movie for both obvious reasons and not but like it it, i i i imagine that's a big part of the research right there as far as like so how'd you guys meet and like this is probably that story to some degree (laughs) like that that tracks for me yeah, um, no, and I just I thought yeah, it was very it was it was a very, and you need that too. Like it's kind of the light in in the whole uh, you know like tragedy of this movie and everything. And it was just yeah, I thought it was really well done, very charming, like you said, and um and yeah, their their chemistry was solid. And it just was it was kind of nice to have this one little silver lining of of something that turned out good as mm-hmm. opposed to uh and, but you know and she does serve a greater purpose too because she's kind of the one that flips kevin's mindset too yeah, of, yeah. of the whole curse thing and is like you know you don't have to just automatically assume that's going to define you and your life and your family's life and all that and you know you can make your own luck and all that stuff too so there's i mean there's thematic elements in there too but i just um uh, but it was also just necessary in terms of having um having a bright spot so yeah um this is a movie about wrestling we haven't talked much about the actual wrestling <laughs> um uh i i again not being one that's like an expert understanding of the the ways you can portray wrestling on film or what have you but i i certainly like it's not it's not shot to be like i don't know uh, you know a a warrior like a film that's really seems to be indebted to how to how to best um dramatize the 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 action of it all It, it seems like it's doing enough to get by to make it look you know real enough but I still appreciated it. I think there's, it, it's when it wants to emphasize the pain that these guys are going through. I think it's quite effective. There's a scene where Kevin gets tossed on the on the cement. Um, mm. That sucks. <laughs> it really looks like it's uh, not the it's uh, not the best position to be in as a person that has to you know do this for a living. Um, stuff like that I think registers uh, pretty well compared to like the wrestler, for example. The wrestler is a film that I think really lets you see the pain uh, visualized pretty immensely. Um, and it's doing that by design, by the way Aronofsky works or what have you. This movie, I feel like it's not necessarily being tame about it, but it's really like it It keeps you at a bit of a distance while still showing like, yeah, this is rough on the body. This is not an easy thing. What do you, what'd you think of the, the wrestling uh, in this film? Uh, yeah, I was kind of surprised that we didn't get more of it. Um, but the, uh, I th- you know, I don't know. It was fun because, it, yeah, like you said, that moment with uh, where he gets body slammed on the concrete and everything, and all, all that is is for greater you know points of like Fritz being able to say you know this is how the the WWE or or the whatever it's called whatever the organization is that he's trying to get in with um, NWA you know, was it uh, yeah yeah that's right um, uh, that association like just so he could be like that's how they test you and stuff but like and I know like 
I was, I sat by my dad watching this and he was, you know, he was having a ball, like being like, Oh, that's so-and-so and that's so-and-so. And, you know, that's dusty roads or that, you know, this is the guy who, and I think he wanted a little more of that, like seeing the recreations of it ever, uh, and everything. I don't know that he loved the Ric Flair guy, but I, I, I don't, well, that's a whole other discussion. Um, the other, but, the only uh, thing like the, uh, the actor is Aaron Dean Eisenberg, who <laughs> I think, in the moment is certainly delivering an energy that I appreciate it. However, he, he, he's a, his accents off. <laughs> That's the one thing I noticed. Like he's a, he's a min, he's has a Minnesota accent. <laughs> That's it. They, they want to treat him like he's from the South. Right. Like, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but no, like I, I did want more of it a, a little bit, but like, again, it all comes down to, uh, you know the the time and where they're where he's putting you know he can't waste a minute really of it and and like uh, tonally too like because it's yeah. it's fun it's fun to see like the commercials and stuff they're filming and like showing right. like how that world works but i think there's a a different movie that you know wants to be a little bit looser a little bit lighter that's where you kind of could really place that stuff in where this movie's so focused on the you know the, the seriousness of the of what kevin and the von erics are going through where it's like yeah, I, I agree. It would have been nice to have more time with, you know, the thing that they're all doing. But at this right. like, well, we can only do so much and not kind of have a jarring jump back and forth between like, here's the wrestling and then here's the, you know, the the, the curse of the Von Erich family in fact here. Right. And I mean, maybe that's why the Tom Sawyer montage is so kind of exhilarating, I guess. Yeah. But, but we also get a lot of time like outside of like, um, you know, crowds being in attendance and everything we do spend a lot of time uh with them just like practicing and rehearsing and yeah training and all that kind of stuff whether it be in their backyard or at the empty sportatorium or whatever but like all the uh, you know and i love that's just that i mean that's the oh, the opening sh- or not the the first shot of the sportatorium outside and like mm-hmm. uh all that stuff like that kind of like encapt or just like crystallizes everything i like really liked about the movie it's just like the atmosphere of it the 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 music right in that moment and everything and um and you get so it's like i got enough of those little moments um with the uh with the wrestling and with the kind of atmosphere around the 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 arena of of, you know a live wrestling event like that and everything that i was fine with it um yeah i I don't know i don't know that i necessarily need like a gavin o'connor's iron claw but um I'm sure that would be as equally way more impressive in terms of the wrestling we got, but I don't know. I, I kind of feel like Durkin had a certain, a, a very specific angle on the story he wanted to, or a specific angle in the way he wanted to convey the story and, and, and uh, did that well enough, uh, you know, while incorporating the fun element of the wrestling, like you said, you just kind of said that, but for sure. Hey, you I know, agree. What's uh, what's funny. Um, one of the reasons why I was like, pretty comfortable with the way it was telling us about wrestling that showed young rock about the rock in his childhood like it has so much information about wrestling where it's like i know a lot of these terms already and i'm familiar with a lot of names that are being said like like that was the only prep that i had apparently watching three seasons of young rock on nbc Uh, you know more than i did this because i I don't know that i've ever seen an episode of that um i I, I don't know i watched uh, you know i've watched a lot of 30 30s and documentaries but i don't know that's know that's age anybody... territory i'm here for young rock <laughs> <laughs> understood understood i'll talk to i'll have to i'll have to message abe about the, uh, the andre the giant one 
Um, anything else on the on the Iron Claw? I feel like we talked about it a lot. With the, yeah, no, uh, it. I don't want to uh, shortchange anything, but I, I don't know. I feel like we covered a lot of the a lot of the territory on it. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because it's like I, I don't. There's not like it's like a lot to delve into with like where the film goes as far as why we keep mentioning tragedy with the Von Erich family. Yeah. Um, and I imagine anybody listening to this probably has an idea at this point of like, you know, having either seen the movie or just being more familiar than we are. Right. Uh, but um, in that realm, without getting too far into it, I, I do think there's, I think you kind of hinted at it too, the way the film ends, like where the way it kind of sum- summarizes where we are with, with Kevin Von Erich and what he's had to deal with. I, I think it, it's very effective. I, I think Sean Durgan really pulls that off. Like, regardless of I think whatever you feel about the rest of the movie, I do think like the the way it gets into its, you know, its its climactic moments and its epilogue or what have you. I think that it really works. It really makes the for a film that is very you know sad. Um, I think it does leave you on a, a good enough note as far as where where you see like heaven as now and whatnot. Right. No. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I. Uh, I you know like I said that it's still a very like sad uh, note to end on and everything you don't uh-huh. really have a choice with this story but um but yeah I was really happy <laughs> I wasn't sure he was gonna do it um but I was really happy they gave kind of like a little card you know a, a text card with a picture and everything at the end to kind of let audiences know where things went to eventually and all that but mm-hmm. uh, no I was just I, I was just like I said, I, I was so anxious going into it about how he was going to condense all the different aspects of the story, all the different players in it and everything into the runtime and still make it effective. Um, and I was just so kind of like thankful by the end of it, that it really had, that it had worked on me um, that I just, you know, uh, like I said, yeah, I was just thankful that it worked on me and I was so happy with, uh, with how, you know, accomplished how well accomplished it was and, and and because it was just like this is a tall order and it felt like that going in and i didn't know if he was going to be able to pull it off and that he was able to pull it off even as well as he did even if it if it wasn't perfectly and there will there will be complaints and everything i was just i was super pleased with it and i you know i can't wait to watch it again i've, I've told several people like it's just one of those ones I, I am eager to talk to people about. And like, that's why when you asked me about this, I was like, yes, I'd love to, you know, yeah. especially somebody who knows is watches 10 times more movies than I do. And I'm used to talking to people who watch half the movies I do. Uh, so I was like, yes, but like, it's one I want to like recommend and then watch and watch with, as, watch with as many people as I can just to see like how they receive it and everything and what they feel. Cause it is, it's one that can definitely like, that I understand why people might come out of it differently and everything. But, uh, but uh, yeah, no, I, I really, really loved it and and hope that it only continues to uh, improve on, on repeat viewings and everything. But like I said, it was in my top, I put, I went ahead and just put it in the top five of the year for me because it made such an impression. And so I, I, I really, really liked so much of it. Well, I've seen it twice so far. It wasn't nearly as funny as I thought it would be the second time, but uh, <laughs> it, it's still quite effective. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is a needless question to ask, but when should people go and see this movie? Yeah, no, go see it now. Let me know. Maybe if, if I can make it, I might try it because I, I want to <laughs> see it as much as I can, especially on the big screen. You know, uh, I, I, you know, 
did get a screener here at the house. I haven't watched it yet. I'm trying to force the wife to see it, but she's like, I've seen Warrior. Do I need to see this? It's another sad family movie that has people fighting and i'm just like you still need to watch it so <laughs> i'll definitely watch it again here at home and everything and once once a24 puts it out on whatever you know physical media they put it out on i will i'll snatch it up but like i do want to try to see it in the theaters as many times as i can so that would be the obvious recommendation for me well yeah i would certainly recommend seeing it in theaters as well i think it's a really well acted drama the kind of thing that's like yeah movies can do this and it's fine <laughs> like it's it's worth it's <laughs> worthwhile to check out stories like this um so yeah uh, it's playing in theaters now I, I certainly recommend seeing it yes uh and with that said that's uh that's it that's gonna do it uh for this uh bonus episode about now throwing an abe talking the iron claw uh philip thank you very much for joining me for this where be, where can people find more of your work online yeah, no, once again, thank you for, for having me. Um, right now, I'm just posting written reviews as I feel the need to write them over at reviewsfromabed.com. Um, but you can also, um, you know, follow me on Twitter or on Letterboxd or whatever. It's Vandy Price, V-A-N-D-Y Price. Um, but yeah, I'm going to try to post a little more frequently over at the site now while I, uh, while I continue to figure out what's next. So we'll see. But no, I appreciate it. For Always. sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, you can find everything I do on my personal blog, thecozy.com. I'm on Twitter, Aaron's PS4. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Audio Boom, and anywhere you can find podcasts, and you can follow us on all the socials. You know how to find this show. Um, yeah. So, with all that said, Iron Claw and Theaters Now, we both recommend it strongly. That's going to do it. Thank you again, Philip. And until next time, so long and goodbye. These guys, uh, Kevin, David, Kerry, and now they debut in just a few minutes of Mike Von Erich. Well, Kevin, you remember back when you uh, started out, how you felt. Well, I sure do, Bill. You know, I'm the oldest brother, and this is kind of a special deal for me. Little Mike here. Little Mike, I say, is a big old stud, but tonight I think he's going to show his colors. He's a Von Erich right down to the wire. And David Von Erich came along, a, a basketball player turned professional wrestler. Well, and football. You know, college football was my game, too. But, you know, I watched Kev start wrestling. I followed his footsteps, and then uh, Kerry followed mine. Of course, we're all following dads. Mike's been taught by the best because we were taught by the best. So, Bill, tonight Mike's going to turn it all loose, and uh, I'd see him wrestling Akbar for maybe, uh, oh, I'd give Akbar 15 seconds. 15, all of that? 15 huh? seconds. How yeah. much you giving it, Kerry? Bill, I'm not going to give Akbar too long, but you know Mike is the best amateur out of, out of all three of us. He's from a good family. We've been... We've wrestled and we've done everything he's learned by our mistakes that we've made. Mike is going to be the next uh, number one Von Erich. Hey, he's hey, they put a little pressure on you. You're the best of them all now. Huh? Yes, sir. <laughs> I'm not the best there is. I'm sure I'm going to try to follow in my father and my brother's footsteps. So. He's just shy. He's just shy. He's, he's going to do great tonight. We're going to toss it in the 12 and see how the horse chews the cabbage tonight. Throw him in the ring. That's right. We're going to let him go. Good luck, Mike. I know there's a little bit of uh, butterflies in there, but uh, it'll be fun. The Von Eric match is coming up next.